This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Factor. If you want to eat better this year and are looking for fast, healthy, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to eat and easy on your budget, Factor is the perfect solution. Sign and save right now by going to factormeals.com forward slash talk TV 50 and use code talk TV 50 to get 50% off your order. That's code talk TV 50 at factormeals.com forward slash talk TV 50 to get 50% off. Hi, this is Shirley Jones, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Well, what do you think, Mr. Darrell? I'm sorry, Mr. Kincaid, but naturally, I have to look over the fine print. After all, we both agreed that I reckon will gross millions. Oh, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. I said it was a cute little tune, and maybe, maybe it had a chance. It was the washroom attendant who said it would make a million. Well, this looks okay. Of course, my mother is the one who'll have to sign it. However, there are some legal points I'd like to go over. How old is he? Ten. Why? Uh, I keep getting this funny feeling that I'm dealing with a 40-year-old midget. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us as we continue our look at this week in TV history. Quick program note, this segment with Tony and Donna originally aired in 2014. And as Tony mentioned at the top of the program, when we first sat down to record this segment, we were going to talk about something else, but because life is what happens when you're busy making plans, we are talking instead about the passings of Russell Johnson and now Dave Madden, two two pieces of you know our, our childhood for people who grew up watching television from the sixties and seventies, and two iconic characters in the pantheon of TV history. And it's interesting um, because uh, I mentioned this both on I think I I know I mentioned this off the mic. I know I mentioned this on Facebook. I don't know whether I mentioned this on the program. Because we chatted with Shirley Jones last year, I got into a Partridge family phase again. And as a result, I watched a lot of Dave Madden, and I read a lot about Dave Madden. And I actually wanted to look up Dave Madden, and I never got around to approaching him. However, um, he did a number of interviews for his book, Ruben on Rye, W-R-Y, Ruben on Rye, where he talks about not only his work on Partridge, but also his work in stand-up and his work on Laughing. And again... Interesting guy. He was actually one of the few, other than Shirley Jones and David Cassidy, he was actually one of the few uh, actors on that show with a musical background, but he was never utilized that way. But uh, uh, Dave Madden performed folk, was a folk singer in the 60s. Didn't know that. Yeah. No, did not know that either. That That is odd because he he was associated, his two big shows were shows that centered around, you know, music or variety. Yeah. Uh, there is a clip on YouTube of him uh, performing on the Hollywood Palace. He was also a magician early in his career, and he actually incorporated magic as part of his stand-up act that he did in the late 60s, including a bit that he did on the Hollywood Palace where he, he performs a variation of the milk trick. What I remember, and you'll, and you'll see this if you look up the clip, 
He does like his six or seven minutes. He removes the microphones from the stand. He holds the microphone in one hand. He leans on the stand mm-hmm. for the rest for the for the duration of his bit. And you keep hoping the stand doesn't fall on him because he actually he throws his. I mean, Dave was a big guy. Yeah, Dave was a big guy, but uh, he he does the entire routine you leaning on the microphone stand. His uh, sense of comedic timing, I mean, was invaluable. Stuff that he would do on television, especially the Partridge family. But he also was able to work with Danny Bonaducci. Many of the episodes was the, really it was they the be- two of them. In that respect, they became the show. They became the show. How old was Danny Bonaducci at the time? He was about ten, nine or ten. Yeah, and you know, Dave Madden was just you know in the audition phase and all that. They noticed that the two of them were developing this banter. Mm-hmm. And the fact that uh, Danny would be a kid who speaks like an adult and had an incredible wit and timing and worked with a you know a polished comedian, mm-hmm. and the fact that they could do this shtick together and just bounce off of each other, people saw this as gold, and it really was. I think the key ingredient to the success of the show that, and you know, David Cassidy being a heartthrob. Yeah, Dave Madden talks about this in his book Ruben on Rye. The second year the early scripts they developed that you know there are a lot of scenes between Ruben and Danny but because David Cassidy was exploding as a teeny bopper heartthrob mm-hmm. in they would take some of the bits that were originally intended for Ruben and Danny and they would give some of Ruben's lines to Keith because they wanted to take advantage that yeah. they had a good looking guys and it was one of those things that and he says he's, he says this in the book. If I didn't know that was the case, it wouldn't have bothered me. But but I, he he understood why they did it. But he kind of wished that they kind of mm-hmm. because it would have been more time for him. And uh, a lot of times you have people who have a background in comedy, yeah. and then you put them in a situation, and they're good for the joke, and that's all they're good for. Here you have a guy who who comes into the show. Not only is he is basically he is the father figure to all the kids on the show. Yeah. Yes. Uh, maybe you would see him. Uh, yeah, even even to the older kids who 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 address them by his first name. Right. Yeah, so uh, you know, to uh, Laurie and Keith, he was Reuben. Everybody else, he was uh, Mister Kincaid. But he was this father figure who, even though you had, uh, you know, the show was about a widower. I mean, a widow, uh, you know, who joins the kids' band, which very plausible. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the fact that he comes in and he has this, you know, that he could come in and have a scene where he is just giving the fatherly advice. Mm-hmm. And there is no joke, there is no punchline, yeah. there is no, or to give advice, a bachelor giving advice to the mother on child rearing when it comes to her not understanding her son's needs or wants, and he could come in and have a great right. moment with Shirley Jones right. about I letting think, Keith... I, think, I think the one you're thinking of is the one where Keith wants to move into his own yeah. apartment. And, and and having to you know, basically advocate for, you know, he needs to grow, he needs to, you know, he needs to spread his wings sort of uh, speech. And, he and all to but, have that moment, yeah, and he, all, and, he all, and he all but says, let him do it. I'm willing to bet within two months he'll want to move back in, which is exactly what happened. Yeah. Which is, if I may, the perception, especially when you read write-ups about the show, is that Ruben was bumbling. Yeah. If you, if you watch the first, the first year in particular... Ruben did a lot of things that managers are supposed to do. He was actually very competent. Yeah. He may have gotten them a lot of gigs, you know, in Santa 
whatever the name of the town was, San... It was a made-up name, but yeah. uh, that was because the network didn't like the fact that they were actually on the road all the time. But that's mm-hmm. but the first year especially, Ruben did a lot of things, that, like the, the, the tomato juice episode, mm-hmm. where they find out that a skunk has sprayed them. And yeah. as soon as Ruben makes the crack about how horrible they smell, he's immediate, He's the one who thinks of the tomato juice. You yeah. know, there's, there's something about the chemicals that make up tomato juice that counteract the smell of a skunk. And so that's what managers do. They solve problems. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, in the pilot, the first time we meet Ruben, he doesn't want to have a thing to do with this family rock and roll band, and he's uncomfortable around the kids initially. Exactly. Well, yeah, and that was sort of a running gag throughout. That was a, that was sort of a running gag throughout the show. And the uh, in the pilot episode when, uh, and you have to also imagine the time, Danny has the recording of the band, and the you know this is a tape player i'm looking at a laptop and you have the uh, identical laptop yeah it is basically this recorder is the size of your laptop yeah. stacked on my yeah. laptop it's with two sh- more stacked on top it's, it's a, real to it's, real it's a real to real it's a portable real to real and danny brings Which it into is almost the, as large as danny at the time because <laughs> yeah i mean i think the pilot i think danny was maybe eight years old when he yeah. shot the pilot and you know and you you carry it like a briefcase yeah. and the scene has Danny going into a men's room, which you don't see yes. on TV, and he actually is knocking on the stalls. <laughs> and Mr. Kincaid, what? You know, and then turns the thing on and then shoves it under the door. And you know, he has to have uh, you know his sister stay outside. Yes. And then the music is playing in the men's room, and you just see all the men standing up, look peering down over the doorway, which. First of all, uh, visually, it was a very funny scene. I imagine there were a dozen standards and practices people, you know, it's a, you know, because they're actually, all the guys are in the stalls. Yes. And, uh, you know, but his reaction to Danny, his his double takes, his panning, yeah. And, and of course, he had, he, he kind of had that hangdog look to him anyway. At least well, he, I, th- he, I think he, 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 he really contort- banked on it in yeah. the laughing era. Because, you know, he was famous for just being so unamused and throwing the confetti in the mm-hmm. air in the opening when he was part of that ensemble that he could play, you know, so... Which, which, is, hour, inter- yeah. which is interesting because according to Dave Madden, it came down to him and Dave Ketchum. Dave Ketchum, Asian 13 on mm, Get, Get Smart. Smart huh. yeah. For Ruben Kincaid. And I can see, and, and Dave Ketchum actually did a guest shot in one of the, it, it was the, it was the women's lib episode, which was the show that they introduced. I think I love you, if I remember correctly. Okay. And Dave Ketchum, I think, would have been a good Reuben Kincaid, but it just would have been a completely different. Different. Vibe. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, it would have had a very different hit. I mean, he he was a Dave Madden was a good fit with that. He was the perfect fit for that show, and we are remembering Dave Madden along with Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen as part of this week in TV history. Both Dave Madden and Russell Johnson passed away last Thursday, January sixteenth. We mentioned the tomato juice episode. There are two other moments, Reuben moments that uh, want to mention. You you talked about how a lot of times Ruben was able there 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 were moments where Ruben was able to provide fatherly advice in a way that Shirley could not. Yeah. Uh I forget whether it was the third year or the fourth year, but there there was an episode where where Keith 
was uh, Keith got an opportunity to do a screen test. And Keith was kind of reluctant to do it at first, but uh, because, oh my God, I got dialogue. It's just, I'm not an actor. Mm-hmm. But he embraced the idea and it got to the point where he really wanted to do it. And then the, the first act and he gets the job. And then in the second act, Keith's getting ready to, the, the, the family throws a big congratulation party for him and Keith gets a phone call and it's Reuben and Reuben says, I want to, I've got something I want to talk to you about. And Reuben, ha- Reuben has to break the news that the studio changed their mind. They wanted to go with a more established actor. And that was a good, that was, mm-hmm. a, that was a good scene. That was a good, that was a good moment for Dave and that was a good moment for the show. Oh yeah. He could, there's something that was very genuine he, I mean, uh, he, about him. Yeah. He, he broke it with compassion. I mean, Reuben, Reuben could have easily been a cliché, you know, uh, but uh, he, he, gave, he gave the character a humanity. Again, yeah. wonderful actor, well-developed character. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I, I think it's also important, j- just a little behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, he really looked out for Danny Bonaducci at that time. Uh, so did Shirley Jones. Yes, because but, Danny came from a screwed-up, yeah, screwed up family. Danny was being, you know, let's say abused by his dad, who Joseph Bonaducci, who was a writer on All in the Family, and and uh, and and Danny would sometimes spend weekends. Either sometimes he would spend the weekend at Shirley Jones's house, yeah. and sometimes he would spend the weekend at Dave Madden's house on in, uh, yeah. in Santa Monica or on the beach, yeah, in, in Malibu. But uh, which is another interesting thing because, and again, we can easily do an hour on Danny Bonaducci, but. Danny Bonaducci, he's a great storyteller, great raconteur. Danny Bonaducci embraces the the adage, "Never let the truth get in the way of a good story." Yeah. And Bonaducci would say things like, "Dave taught me how to smoke. He taught me how to drink. He taught me how to play cards." In Dave's, in Ruben on Rye, Dave said, "I spent time with Danny. I looked after Danny. I never, I would never think of." doing that with a kid you know but uh so he said i don't know where he came up with this stuff but that's not what happened but yeah i believe uh danny also credits him for uh, teaching him how to drive yeah yeah which uh you know, would be cool but well, may- maybe not at nine years old <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know you do you do hear those stories you know the paternal the, the patriarchal figure yeah. on the show does actually take some of those roles i've heard that about tom bosley mm-hmm. ed o'neill you know that you know though sometimes you know those are the go-to people but what i like about the essence of you know that story is that it's it it speaks to the fact that many of the cast members they, they were not only a professional family they became an extended family to each other yeah and to this day bonaducci was was you know i mean bonaducci was 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 close to dave madden up until up until his passing yeah a couple other things uh Dave Madden also did a lot of voiceover work for local yes. stuff oh, yes. here. Yes. I remember as a kid, you know, you would listen to the radio, and you know, he did. I think he did uh, Lucky Supermarkets mm-hmm. here, and he did a lot of national spots. Yeah, him. you know, Kim like and Tom Bosley, they were really go-to guys. He was teaching for a while. He mm-hmm. was teaching voiceover, and he was a a very sought-after teacher for people that were trying to get into that field. He also did. A documentary, and you can find it on YouTube, The Legend of Forrest Tucker. And it had to do with, um, it's a variation on the myth about Milton Berle. Uh-huh. 
uh, was apparently well endowed, and apparently the same was said about Forrest Tucker, and they interviewed several actors or comics who knew, mm -hmm. and Madden was one of them on camera, and he basically says, yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, anybody who was at the uh, steam room of the Friars Club in Beverly Hills knew. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think Dick Sean said, I walked into the steam room and I saw Milton Berle there. I thought that was his son. Or something, you know, some, <laughs> I, thought he, I thought he brought his son was the, the line. Uh, also, just kind of a personal family note. Uh, you know, my family's all over the place. And so getting the, the family together is, um, you know, a big operation. But I think we're all in Orlando for uh, a graduation. And there was an episode of Boy Meets World. Mm -hmm on uh, Disney. Now, I have siblings that are older. I have siblings that are younger. Uh, we're watching this episode, and the episode features uh, Mickey Dolenz. You know, he comes into the scene as a friend of the family, and then they have this distant acquaintance from England that shows up, and it's Davy Jones. And, you know, my sister is of the age where Partridge Family, my older sister, Partridge Family, the monkeys, this was, you know... She was the prime demographic when these shows were on. And she was losing her mind, looking, you know, older, Davy Joe. And then uh, they introduce uh, another character's dad, and it's Peter Tork. And so we're going, oh, my God, look at this. My older brother, my older sister, me. We're, my, the younger siblings have no idea why we're losing our minds over these three showing up on the show. And, you know, we're trying to explain the monkeys, you know, go to the commercial. Okay, so I have, you know, about three and a half minutes to explain who the monkeys are. And then they come back, they do sing a song, and then at the end, the epilogue, going back to the important epilogue, at the end, this guy comes up to the monkeys, it's Reuben Kincaid, <laughs> saying, you know, I used to manage this band, it was a family band, I still have the bus, you guys could be as big as the Beatles. <laughs> and we are laughing to the point of tears. You know, how cool is this yeah. to our demographic that you're watching a show targeting, you know, to a very different age group, and we are seeing this, and we are laughing, and the younger generation of the family, it's our siblings, so it's not even a generation, yeah. just the younger have no idea why this is not only very, very funny, but just incredibly cool. I mean, uh, for you know him to come in in the epilogue and just steal a scene like that, I mean, it's very funny. You know, And he goes, you guys could be as big as the Beatles and the three monkeys that are there look at each other and pause and then go, nah. <laughs> he also did uh, A Married with Children, where he was... Um, trying to, uh, I think he was like a, a salesman or something yeah. like that. And he comes in and he does like one, oh, because uh, Danny Bonaducci is uh, is trying to sell the Bundys on something. And then the doorbell rings and it's Reuben Kincaid basically saying, Danny, we're waiting. The bus is outside. <laughs> you know, so Danny has, you know, a, a huge bit as kind of, you know, salesman, yeah. kind of, whatever the, the, the story was. But then, you know, just to have him walk into yeah. the scene I bet, I bet the studio audience. The studio exploded. audience lost their minds yeah. uh, when when that was playing out, and I think Gary Coleman was in uh, earlier part of the same episode, 
And Al was calling him rerun the whole time. And, but, you know, it goes in. And then uh, Al Bundy walks in. And he said, there's like this rainbow-colored bus in front of the, you know. <laughs> you know, but you have the whole. And, yeah, and everyone's reacting to it. But, you know, just him coming into the scene. Yeah. And you can tell sometimes when you're doing live TV that you can tell the actor's ready to deliver the line. And the applause or you know, is so overwhelming that they are pausing to deliver that line. And, yeah, so he just has one of the, uh, seriously, like a show-stopping moment. So, you know, you have uh, people like him, like Russell Johnson, uh, that are, are so important. And when they appear, you can definitely, you could sense the love. I imagine if you were in the audience, just, you know, how you would have felt. But, but when you can sense it when you're just watching the episode, not only laughing, but just loving the moment. And you could see he must really be loving this moment to see that all these people really love and care for this guy. You know, even after all these years. This Week in TV History now has its own podcast you can enjoy. This Week in TV History with Tony Figueroa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you find podcasts. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.